That Blues, Royal Blue family, you got Harry, you got Charlie, you got George now, George Hewitt in the midfield. How good are they looking? Burden stood up, Martin might kick the goal, kicks, rolls it through, Blues back in front. Cottrell, long one, Mackay in good marking shape, Motlock ground level, got his second in the quarter. Fisher gets another look at it and misses, no! Chera sweeps a handball forward. Can they finish? Grips from 52. Over the top. And bounces it through. Doherty. He's almost within range. He goes long. Monstrous. He's been the story of the season. The Blues are back, baby. Hello and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host Jed here alongside Harrison Hyman's Bolt. Welcome. Seven. Seventh heaven. Seven in a row for the old Dark Navy Blues. And I tell you what, we've had some big wins this season, but I think this one was the most season-defining win of the lot. This was the one. This was the one. You're calling it the one. Well, because... You know why this win was really good? Because for the first time this year... We've had to come from behind and win. Mm. And I feel like when you win six in a row with a fairly inexperienced side or an inexperienced side, a side that's not experienced to winning, you almost need a reality check. But we're in a position where we kind of needed that reality check, but we still need to keep winning. So the fact that we got both, we kind of got our reality check where, you know, we have to be a bit more polished, Mm. but we still got the four points is exactly what the doctor ordered. And to obviously do it against a team jostling for spots with us in the eight. This was just, you know, we had a third of the team out on Sunday. It was as brave, gritty. We looked so out of it at halftime. We were nowhere near the standard. And we just hung around and it took us 45 minutes to dismantle St Kilda. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, crazy. Crazy the way that it unfolded. And, uh, well... We turn our attention now to next week because a bigger game is on the horizon. But before we look at that, we'll analyze the week that's been. And uh, as we always do on this show, Bolt, we'll start with the players. Uh, the back line this week was, I thought, sensational. And yep. Jacob Wiedering was at the forefront of that. One of his best games for the footy club, I thought. His first quarter was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, just want to get your thoughts on how he's going right now because there's a lot of uh, whispers that we might have to book in an emergency last-minute blazer fitting. I don't know if he, it's the case. He but might have left his All-Australian case a bit too late, but he's a, obviously a very good shout to be in the 40 the way he's going. Um, I think we're now second in the league for points against, which is just crazy to even comprehend. We lost Mitch McGovern, we lost Mitch McGovern late in the week, which McGovern's a really important part of our team. Um yeah, and Weedering was phenomenal. Weedering was absolutely sensational. 10 marks, you know, his 15 kicks, just superb. He definitely took the chocolates on King. He He's owning the back half of the ground at the moment. It's vintage Weedering. Just incredible, isn't he? He is incredible. You mentioned vintage Weedering. I think these are, you know, some of the best games that he's playing for this footy club have come in the last couple of months. Um, and on the weekend, it was it was just exceptional. He was as good as it gets. Um, didn't really do anything wrong. 
And, you know, he's the general down there. He leads by example, and he holds our other defenders to account. And I couldn't imagine what our defense would look like without him because, you know, looking at him throughout the match, he's just instructing. He's getting everyone in order. He is absolutely on top of everything back there. And uh, you mentioned his 10 marks. You know, he had two score involvements from full back. Just absolutely outstanding. So kudos to Weeders. Uh, Kemp. Well, Kemp... Kemp was good. Kemp had a very soft matchup this week. He played on the straight thug at Caminiti. Um Straight thug. Yeah, well, that's what he... You know, how do I put it eloquently? I think that's the title he's almost given himself over his first season in football. He's a bit of a loose unit, Caminiti, but he's a shit footballer. And, no, Kemp absolutely destroyed him. Absolutely killed him. Caminiti was... Nowhere to be seen on the day, really. Kemp had another really good game, just really solidifying his spot down there. And, yep, he's going really well. In game number 18, I think it is. Mm, for a fullback. Yeah, he's going well. games in. Um, Marchbank. Yeah, I thought Marchbank was terrible. I really do. As in, his opponent didn't get off the leash, which was good in terms of Shaman. But Marchbank with ball in hand, oh my God. It was really... I don't want to sound over the top, but it was mortifying at times. Just almost very slow in possession. Almost like he shat himself a couple times. I say it with all due respect. Because defensively, he's always been pretty sound. But golly, gosh. It was really unnerving at times when Marchbank had the ball. Yeah, I, th- I, feel, <laughs> I feel like we're lucky we won that game. Because he'd be getting roasted by you right now if we lost, I feel like. Yeah, well, winning puts you in a good mood. <laughs> Been in a good mood for two months. Don't know what's happening. Um, Sad. I miss the old me. Um, Sadi was a bit quiet, wasn't he? I thought it was probably his quietest game ever in Navy Blue. Yeah, he was a bit quiet. Wasn't bad or anything. No. Just didn't he, really do He a had Higgins life. for a bit. What did that Einstein do? He only kicked a goal. Einstein, Higgins. But um, no, Sad. No, it was a, not just not enough drive. As in, you know, 286 metres gain is probably not where you want it from Saad, but we've obviously got another, a couple other ball carriers coming out of the back line at the mm. moment. Well, Fisher took Saad's pill. Well, this is quite frankly, oh, like almost the most surprising thing I've seen at Carlton in a long time. I actually, when he was named, I thought he'd be the seventh defender. It made because I I remember you saying about six weeks ago he was being trialed at half back in the twos. Yep. So well, I thought given we didn't really replace McGovern and we're just going to move March Bank up, I thought Fisher maybe they'll actually go with it. And kudos to Zach Fisher because a guy who has played once since round seven was uh, he was unbelievable. He was from the get go. Yeah. He was really in the first five minutes. Yeah. He did not miss a beat the entire day, Zach Fisher. That was probably his best game for Carlson. Probably. You would not be able to name a better game. It wouldn't even come close. Yeah. I was thinking Adelaide last year in round eight. But... No, no come on, mate. This, yeah. This was... Well, this is just the roll move. And I'll tell you what. Hang on. It makes... If you think about it, it makes complete sense. Well... He's got the dash. Yeah. He's got great disposal. You want the ball in his hand coming out of defense. He's a good tackler. I don't want to jump the gun because it's obviously only been a week. 
Yeah, no, but the, the, the way we have to model this trend, this role move off is the way Richmond moved Daniel Rioli to the halfback flank. He was a, you know, a forward pocket who was struggling for consistency at times. And I think he got omitted at a point. Yep. He or did. he was on the cusp of, and they, they did. And they used his assets to move to halfback. And hopefully that's something Zach, Zach Fisher can take a, you know, step towards becoming. But it was a great start to life as a defender for Fisher. He was brilliant. He was. Absolutely awesome. Like, actually couldn't have asked for a better game from him. I think it's a simple case of, you know, when the big full forwards are struggling, teams tend to chuck them back because it's easy when the ball's coming at you. And I think, you know, Fisher's the opposite of a big man, but the same principle stands here. He looked much better with the ball coming at him. Playing in that position that Cunningham now occupies where he's sort of that high half forward, you got to find pill. That's the one thing you got to do is you got to be able to find the pill because if you're finding the pill in those areas, you're putting it in to even better areas. Fisher couldn't find the pill. When he did, he was rushed. He was struggling. I think he was just completely off in that position. But now with the ball coming at him, easier to read the game from the back line, plenty more of the footy on offer. And yeah, as you said, he couldn't couldn't have really played the role any better. He could have. 32 disposals at 85% efficiency, 21 of which were kicks, four marks, three tackles, uh, four score involvements, 21 pressure acts, 550 meters gained, four clearances, three inside 50s, four rebound 50s. It's a wonderful performance. And it's and you know what? It's something to build off. And it's it's a good time to come in and do it. There's only three games left of the home and away season and in terms of from where we sit with that, it just adds another dynamic to this squad of players we've now got. Because now you look at someone like Jordan Boyd, who's back from suspension this week, and you think, well, I don't know if he has a spot. So it's the, the, the comp, and this is why. Well, he doesn't. Well, and, and this is why the injuries that we've had to suffer through, they open opportunities for other players in really desperate times, and they can see potentially where this team is going in the season and they want to be a part of that. 100%. And to do that, you have to play well. And it just, you know, it's a lot of the times it's usually the lesser players at this time of the year. They just elevate you a bit. And once in Zach Fisher being back in this pool of players, adds another one to our depth. You know, mm. it's incredible. He was great. Uh, you, all plaudits to him. Um, Next, being the back pocket in my current All-Australian team, Number 24, Nick Newman. Yeah. 35. But it wasn't even the 35. It was just his presence, his defensive efforts, one-on-one, his sprints to cover unmarked players. He was just unbelievable yet again. It's every single week now. It's been every week all year. I think he's, you know, if he's not winning our BNF, he's coming close to it. So 35 at 90% efficiency. He's Mr. Reliable, Mr. Newman. Just a gun. Just, I thought he was probably our best player on the... I think he was. I actually think he was the best player on the ground. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he was... Yeah, he's just... Oh, I think it's unbelievable. Words almost don't do it justice how incredible the season he's having. Just amazing. I can't say anything else. Just amazing. Yep, 13 marks. 623 metres gained. Six inside 50s, six rebound 50s. As good as it gets. Uh, the Doc, who actually probably played... We, we should probably... There's a few more defenders before we get to the Doc. Let's speak about... Chincotta. Chincotta. Pro- 
probably a bit more of a, definitely more of a quieter day from Chincotta. Um, wasn't too noticeable. Not a lot of carry from Chincotta. Well, there was a bit, but not probably as much as we're probably accustomed to with ball in hand. But um, no, he was just part of that rotation. He'll be right for it. But I'm um, definitely a bit quieter from Chincotta. He probably wouldn't want to have another one of those weeks with Boyd now lurking. Yeah. And Fisher in the team. Yeah, you probably wouldn't. And McGovern coming back. For sure. A lot, but, of, but a this, lot of players but this coming this is in. the beauty of it. They're all playing on edge. Yep. It's great. Uh, we'll get to Doc now. Yeah, Doherty was really good. Doherty was really good. Um, obviously played on the ball in the absence of Chera and Walsh and obviously Matt Kennedy still missing. So, and obviously out of necessity, we're moving back as a full-time midfielder and he got the job done, didn't he? He was... A star on the night. He was. And uh, I think our skipper was virtually, you know, if we're talking about stars on the night, he was the star on yeah. the night. Patrick well, Cripps. This has to be the most underrated game of the season, I reckon, from a Carlson player. This game from Patrick Cripps. Went head to head with his old nemesis, who <laughs> they've had some really good battles over the years, Jack Steele. Um... They do this head-to-head little Royale. Cripps completely and utterly embarrassed him. Now, 11 of Patrick Cripps's 24 possessions were clearances, <laughs> which is just... Now, I'm not sure what Jack Steele was doing at centre bounces, but he had won. I can tell you what he was doing. Just watching his opponent nothing. get first hand on the ball. He was doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely killed him at the coalface. And... Cripper's game was just... This is the current day Cripps. Just a complete and utter immovable object at stoppages. The one thing he's lacking compared to last year is the goal scoring, but he is so on top of his game right now. He's got it so down pat. And I feel like the transition he's taken is the one that Trent Cotchin took in 2017, where it's, you know what? I've got all these midfielders around me, and Cripps has them around him when we're at full strength, of course. Yeah. I don't need to go and have my 30, 35 disposals. As long as, you know, it's almost like less is more with Patrick Cripps right now. He completely killed Still, Still at 11 disposals and a clearance. He was nowhere. <laughs> on such a Had big no day. no idea that he played halfway through that third quarter when he touched the ball. Well, I was like, hang on, is that Jack Steele? Yeah. I haven't Cripps, seen him. Cripps was phenomenal. It was just a, and he was rewarded with, I think, five coaches' votes. It was just a brilliant performance. Probably deserved more. Yeah. You know, just how do people... You can't run with people like that with Cripps. No. 11 of his 24 were clearances. Well, he's using his size as well. Crazy. Absolutely killed still. Um, and he's playing also this attacking sort of brand when he bursts out of the yeah, packs. Yeah, he's just... He's really niched his game and it's really, really beneficial for everyone else around him. Mm, five inside 50s as well. Yeah. He, he knows where it's at. Um, the Ruckman... Mr. DeConning. Well, DeConning was playing, I thought, pretty poorly for about the first 60% of the game. But he inserted himself as he did against Port Adelaide, as he did against West Coast. And I thought he had a really commanding last quarter in the ruck. And it was good around the ground. It was He had, he had a really good last quarter. Four, you know, he had, four clearances in the last quarter. Yeah, he had a really good last term. So... It was very impressive, and I think he was rewarded with more coaches' votes as well. Um, Tommy Contractor Conning, so happy for him. 
Um, your other boy. Pitt in it. PD2. No, no, no. We'll oh, Paddy Dow. Don't worry about him. We'll speak about Pitt, uh, well, Dow. I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm I'm always happy to put my hand up and say I genuinely thought he should have been subbed off at half time. I thought his first half was atrocious. I really do believe that. But credit to him once again. He had another really strong last quarter. Clearance galore. Which is it's definitely the strength of his game. His clearance game. His disposal still not quite there which is something that I've come to accept will probably never be there. And he also kicked one of my favorite goals of the year thus far, the go-ahead goal. It's, it's. I'm not going to say it's bittersweet, but I've watched that Come goal. Come on, mate. There's of, nothing bitter about that. Nothing bitter, but you know me. I, how much- from, But you want to see him succeed. I've, I want to see everyone succeed. And he had a real, he's had a really important hand in our last two wins. Like a really, really, really important. important hand. Um, Can we look at his fourth quarter in isolation? 100%. Because I really didn't enjoy his first half. Lots of turnovers, but... So, he actually had more pill in the second quarter than he did in any other quarter. But what he was doing with it in the last quarter was just incredible. 19 pressure acts. Um, He had two clearances in that last quarter and three inside 50s. Huge. To go with his five disposals and a goal. The the go-ahead goal. Just... Everything about that last quarter. We only had five Dow touches, but all five were golden. They were. So, I'll definitely give him credit to that. Very rare that happens with him. And once again, you speak about that pack at the bottom of your 23, who he'll look over his shoulder and he'll see number five, number 18, and then eventually number seven coming back in. Number one and 11. Yeah, no, but for Paddy Dow. But but for Dow, (laughs) you know, the the midfielders, it's, you know, got to keep playing well and... Look, he recovered after a really shaky start to the game. So, credit to Paddy. Someone who I thought found his mojo a bit on the weekend, George Hewitt. Yeah, he was. I thought he was awesome against Collingwood, awesome against St Kilda. When I say he found his mojo, I think that if you look at his games against Collingwood and St Kilda and... Sorry, not St Kilda. Um, was it West Coast? Those last yeah. couple of games. He's had a good three weeks. He's had a really good three weeks, but he hasn't really... He's just he's been a bit of an extractor and he's got a lot of pill. I thought on the weekend he finally started taking a couple marks yeah, around yeah, the ground. Yeah, that's fair. Was used was getting a bit more control of the game. Um and just had a bit of a bit of a bigger part in some of our bigger moments yep, of the game. I'll, I'll definitely agree agree with you on that. So I was very, very impressed with George, and I thought that last year in our big moments, Hewitt was involved in a lot of them. It's taken him a while to find that again, but he's back now and he is Absolutely playing fantastic football. It's great. And once again, you might have to make a tough decision come the end of the year. 91% disposal efficiency as well with his 23. I still don't think they're going to play Hewitt and Kennedy together. Well, you can't. You can't. You can't change the current midfield mix. You wouldn't. You'd be silly to. It's going to get really, really tight. And these guys, because Hewitt spent a bit of time in the twos. All these guys just keep performing and you'll hopefully be rewarded. The pressure's on everywhere. It's great. Yeah. Do you think Kennedy plays over Hewitt? <laughs> it's really tough given he's going to have missed six or seven weeks. Mm. And if Hewitt's playing the way he I is... I don't think he does. It's really tough. We'll cross that bridge if and when it comes. Um, <laughs> a couple of Saints fans will be watching a certain replay. 
Mr. Blake Akers. Yeah, or as we like to refer to him when we play St Kilda as steak knives. Um, steak knives in the Brad you, Hill just, trade. Just for those tuning in. Well, obviously St Kilda went and traded for Brad Hill. Can we speak about that trade just for a second? Completely off Carlton topic, but no, no, it needs we don't, to be no, spoken no. about. We don't need to give that attention. No, I just want to speak about what Akers went for before we got him for a third round pick. A future third round pick. Yeah. So what was that trade? Uh, it was... I've got, I've got it in front of me. Hang on. It was... Here we go. St. Kilda traded Blake Akers pick 10, uh, a future second round pick for Brad Hill. Yeah. So it was pick 10. There might have been a few later picks Sorry. swapped. No, no, no. It was even worse. So Brad Hill and a future third round pick which did not end up being used in that draft. So it was Brad Hill for Blake Akers, pick 10, future second round pick, 58, and a future fourth. Yeah. Look, steak knives, Akers, ended up at the Blues, and he was... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Do you want to know who that pick 10 ended up being that was traded with Akers? Sarong? Cozzy Pickett. I don't know how it ended up being. Used Sofrio... Must have traded that to Melbourne or someone and somehow Melbourne got that pick. I'm not sure. Anyway. But, um, yep. Um, He's been Akers, traded twice for nothing. Yeah, look, Akers was absolutely unreal. And once again, he's one of those players at your club where you've got to take the good with the bad. And the way we play these days with a bit of dare, you have to take the good with the bad during each quarter. We spoke about... This is going back about two months ago now. We spoke about the fact that Akers and Saad were almost being let down by the way that we were playing mm-hmm. and just looking really poor. And now it's the adverse effect. He is absolutely relishing relishing in this fast, frenetic game style. Oh, he's been... He was brilliant. And obviously his goal, the sealer, he probably... Yeah, it was just awesome. Just a bloody awesome performance from Akers. So he had 27 disposals at 85% efficiency, 11 marks... Two goals. He was... He was unreal. Five score involvements, 27 pressure act, 450 metres gained. What a performance. Great performance. And and that goal. That that goal. goal. Amazing. That chain, the three three disposals in the chain through the middle. Iconic Colton goal. Now, uh, Cottrell. Yeah, no, Cottrell was pretty... Cottrell had a very, very... He was almost our best player with Fisher at quarter time. Yeah, had a Cottrell, good first quarter. Cottrell had a really, really good start. Stiff to weedering at quarter time. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely <laughs> those three. Um, and look, Cottrell missed two goals. He probably should be kicking anyway. So you know, if Cottrell's finishing the game with eighteen and two, you're probably, oh boy, mm. Cottrell's no Cottrell's going pretty well. I, I, Cottrell's a staple in this team right now. Um, <laughs> he is. We said this last imagine, year. Imagine, imagine you saying that. <laughs> Yeah, like, like 24 months. Yeah. And we've crossed this bridge as well. I've apologised. Um, Pidinet. Um, Pidinet wasn't great. Oh, really? No, he wasn't great. I thought Rowan Marshall was St Kilda's best player on the day. Marshall always kills us. And Marshall did that again. I thought Marshall was very good. Um, no, Pidinet wasn't very good. I didn't think. Bus. Got dirty at the stoppages. I think he had 12 hit-outs to advantages, four clearances. So, he kept that presence upheld. AFL round 21, rising star. Yes. Mr. Ollie Hollands. 
And that was a very well-deserved Rising Star nomination after what I thought was his best game by a long way. Yeah. You didn't rate it. No. No, I thought he was good. I thought he was good. I thought he was very good. I feel like he's been overplayed a bit this year. Oh, he probably definitely has. But I still do now. And it's not a knock on him, the player. He's just, he's very slight and he has a crack. Do not get me wrong. This is nothing on him. I just feel like from, as us, as a football entity, we might have overused him a bit. We may have, I don't know. I always just feel like he's cooked when he's at the footy. But um, I, I think for the first time on the weekend, it didn't look that way. Yeah, I don't know. His second it, half was It was good. No, was no, no. It was good. It, it was good. We do have a very good player. I just want to preserve the player a little bit. Um, you know, and he's one of those players, if we do win one of our next three games, which we'll touch on later, you might want to even give him the extended break before a game that might come in the future if we win one of the next three, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, Hollands was good. And definitely body of work. He's had. He's been a really important part of our season. Had six touches in that last quarter. I thought he played a big role in the yeah. way that we moved the no, ball. No. He's, he's going well. He Once he puts on a bit more... He's not going to fill out to be a big boy, but once he gets a little bit more size and becomes, you know... In terms of his of, frame, I'm just speaking purely frame here. Yeah. I think we'd like to see him get to the size that Andrew Gaff got to. Because Gaff yeah. was never a, a big... No. Like, like, if you look at the wingers in the comp, side bottom was always a you know, really I, big, I, muscly winger. I don't expect him to be a big fella. Oh, he's not going to be. But uh, it's just, he's, he's, he's an 18-year-old. He's a kid. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, congratulations yes. to Ollie on the Rising Star nom. Unbelievable and very well-deserved. And something that I guess I've been wanting to speak about on this show that we've sort of had on the agenda to speak about over the last couple months is our lack of Rising Star nominees and our youngsters coming through. And it's nice to get one. Mm. Um, I think that's the midfielders. We'll speak it. We'll, we'll do the transition like they do on the field through yes. Cunningham. Yes, no, it's a good call. I thought Cunningham played a really good game. Um, he was very quiet against the scumbags last Friday night, but he um, he was really, really good, I thought. I it's thought- crazy how he was virtually... His papers were stamped and he wasn't playing. And, you know, he'd come in and out, all these injuries. He's now played seven in a row. He hasn't lost yet. He's been a big reason why we are winning these games. And I thought yesterday he almost had his biggest impact. Not only because of the way he moved the ball, but he kicked a massive goal. That goal was just, you know, you look at the replay and he absolutely meant to do that. Look at the good. way. Look at the no, way he no, kicked no, the ball. No, no, he definitely meant it. He he's playing. He was really good. Sometimes just, players can just fluke those kicks. Yeah, well, like De Conning's goal in the third quarter. Yes, but that Cunningham yeah. goal. No, no. He, I thought he was really, really good. Very pleased with Cunningham once again. Added a really good dynamic to our team. It's great. It's great to see. Um, someone I want to speak about who I thought was probably top five game of his career, Matt Owies. Now, the numbers may not suggest it, yep. but Matt Owies was involved in virtually every last quarter goal. He was the handball to Cunningham. 
He was the one who roved the pack. Yep. Oh, the rove was beautiful. That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. He was involved in every last quarter goal. He's now his num his trademark is getting the ball out the back. Yep. And that is simply because he is outrunning and yep. outworking his opponents. One hundred percent. It's definitely. It's, you're it's right. as simple as that. That yep. is what he is becoming known for. I, I, I would love to have a camera on Michael Voss's face every time Oes takes a mark out the back because you, your face would have to light up. You know, all the unrewarded effort. Yeah. That goes. And on there's a only one basis. person that can pull off that kick. Well, we're going to get to that man. Because we're we're re- we're bringing back a segment, but hang on, we'll get to that in a minute. I just want to give that credit to Matt Owens yeah, no. because he's he's going all right right now. Once again, stats don't jump off the page. I never will for a small forward like that. But the fact that he just was involved in a lot of our goals—that's well, all you can ask. Most of the goals in the last quarter is is what we want. So, well done to Matt Owens, and now, Mister the King Charles. Well. Um, well, obviously, it was a very tough day for Kerno. Double and triple teamed at times. Very tough. And I guess, you know, for all the naysayers who say Harry Mackay's got no place in this Carlton team, well, Sunday's game's a perfect example of why Harry Mackay has a place in this Carlton team. Exactly. Because he right. would have taken every single bit of heat off Kerno um, at the footy. It was a tough, tough game for Kerno. And I, and I, I really thought in a situation like that, I thought it would have been beneficial to move Kerno really far up the ground, almost like what Hawthorne did with Mitchell Lewis on the weekend, play him literally on a wing. And if you're playing Kerno that far up the ground, Cordy, Battle, and Wilkie aren't going to follow him up to the wing. No. It's just not going to... You would have dropped the couple players. And we know Kerno's dangerous no matter where he gets the ball. Obviously, we want him closer to goal, but you had to almost concede a bit. But Kerno... Yeah, he, he definitely got beaten on the day. Do not get me wrong. But let's not, you know, let it bypass us. So Charlie Kerno set up two direct goal assists with those long raking kicks that he does to Owies and Acres. Can we? And then obviously you can't keep a good man down the whole day, can you? And then he kicked one himself. So he had he literally, you know, set up on a golden platter slash kicked his own three. Well, it was a dark, it was a pretty dirty day for Kerno all round, but he still finds a way just to involve himself when needed. We used to have a segment on this show last year. It's called the Grass Cutter of the Week. Yes, well. Now, Charlie Kerno, when he gets that ball and his body turns left and he starts wheeling around and the ball drops literally to the to the turf and his boot cuts the grass, he kicks through it and it just darts across the pitch. That is yesterday he would have had the top two grass cutters of the yeah. day. Oh, he was... It's just... It's What an asset. That kick, though, is... You can watch oh, that on replay. And, amazing. And he did one against Collingwood into the middle of the ground. Yeah, you, uh, you, you can't defend those kicks because, like, I think it was... They just come... I think it was Hunter Clark running back. And, like, you, you just can't defend it because you're so worried about running back just to get level with the player Yeah, that and those, defending almost becomes secondary. And those kicks drop always at the last minute. It's brilliant. It's such a... It's such a weapon. Um, but yeah, look, dirty day for Kerno. We'll give the plaudits to Wilkie and whoever helped him out there. But, you know, at the end of the day, as I tweeted after the game, Kerno had the last laugh. And, you know, the fact we can win a game with all those outs and have Kerno literally so mitigated. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's really warming up in the kitchen, isn't it? 
It's it's getting warm. The stove um, is heating. Speaking of heating, one man who had a really, really dirty start to this year. He got brought back into this side as a very late in one week. And he is bagging goals on a weekly basis now. One of which is one of my personal favorite goals of the season, Jesse Motlop. That goal yesterday where he acquires the ball around that center bounce and just runs through and weaves and kicks one from 50. He's looking a player right now, Bolt, and he's getting better every week. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought he was our best small forward on the night or on the afternoon. He, um, I thought he played, he played a really good game. And yet, he continues to hit the scoreboard, which is much more refreshing than what he was doing in the first few months of the year. I think it's now 10 goals in the last five games, maybe. Yeah, it could be maybe. 10 and 4. 10 and 4. It yeah. is 10 and 4. So, that's a very, very good return. Very strong return. So, I, I thought he played a really good game. So, I was impressed. Uh, Martin. You know, Martin's going well. Martin's going really well. Martin took that big mark. That really big mark and kicked that really big goal. And it was clearly a goal, of course. Clearly a goal. We oh, don't daylight, speak about daylight. that. Daylight. It's not even worth speaking oh, about. Daylight. You, know, you could put a subway six inch in oh, between that. He nearly kicked it into the third row of the St Kilda cheer squad. <laughs> um, it was yeah. really nice that St Kilda, I guess, lived up to the mantra of retro round and lost. <laughs> it was quite fitting, wasn't it? <laughs> Given that's what retro St Kilda oh God, did for a hundred years, isn't it? Um. Yeah, so very, very well played, Jack Martin, I thought, yeah. on the weekend. Uh, the sub-affected players, Fogarty got subbed off at three-quarter time and Ed Kerno got subbed on. Well, f- yeah, it was definitely Fogarty's dirtiest game of the season. He struggled to get involved, but I, I'd like... To- he'll see next week. He'll see um, next week, and I think it's worth noting... He still managed to have four tackles, which is yeah. why he's in this team. No, he struggled to get involved, but you and, know, and seventeen pressure acts. But we also struggled on supply in the first half of the game. Yeah, we really did. Um, so no, it was definitely his weakest game of the year. And you know what? I'll give it to Charlie's brother. Literally assisted the final two goals mm. of the mm. game. Yeah. So you know, he came on with like eight minutes to go and had a big say going forward. And well done, Charlie's brother. Um. Had those three score involvements and a goal assist. Well, it's yes, huge. It is. It's, it's it's basically what you want when you bring a sub on. And we criticize on this show. Yeah, so I, I, don't, can... I don't think Charlie's brother's a good option as a substitute. And no. I know I've just gone and applauded him. But, you know, generally speaking, though, it's that slow, heavy midfielder. But I guess if you're going to be able to have the luxury to pull the trigger that late with like seven or eight minutes to go. And it was a really high octane game. People, you know, it was really mm. intense. And players are out on their feet. Anyone's kind of going to have that impact. But he was, he did exactly what was required, Charlie's brother. And as I said, I mean, we can criticize on this show. We also have to give credit where credit's due. And I yeah. think you're right. He was he played a big part late in that game. Uh, that's the 24, uh, 23, Jesus, I need to do my math. 23 uh, analyzed. Bolt, your BNF votes. Yep. Well, we won again, just in case you didn't realize. So it's a 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Um, Newman gets the five. Yep, Fisher same. gets the four. I am going to go Doherty with the three. Cripps with the two. Weedering with the one. Oh, actually, no. Weedering three. Cripps two. Doherty one. So, Akers doesn't feature. He doesn't. And George he is a bit stiff as well. doesn't feature well, Akers. Well, we had a good win. 
Newman, five. I went Weedering, four. thought Weedering was just unbelievable. Fisher, three. Crips, two. Acres, one. Yeah, it's, can't complain. Uh, that is the five four three two one, and is now time for... Well, there was actually no VFL on the weekend. Yep. Well, the we lads wouldn't have been able to field a team anyway. Mm, the, well, can, a, can we just go through who, who is injured? Let's, let's just speak about for a second who we are missing from this team because the list is getting longer every week and I well, feel like we now need to keep track of it. So let's let's just start with the midfield and we can straight away say Walsh, Chera, Kennedy, the three big outs. Yeah. That's three in the mid. Yeah. You move to the back line and you've got McGovern and Boyd. That's another two. Yep. In the forward line, you've got Mackay and Silvani. That's another two. Yep. So that's seven players who would be playing. Yep. Now... You can put Zach Williams in there as well if, yep. if you want to make the list look a bit better and yep. beef it up a little bit. Um, you can chuck... No, that's where we'll draw the line. Well, I mean... No, don't. We're there's not a, there's another one that you can chuck in if you wanted to. What, Corey Durden? Yeah. <laughs> you could chuck him up. Well, considering he was a walk-up. Last year. And this year. Yeah. But, well, he went back through the twos. No, nah, he, he doesn't need to play right now. No, I'm just saying. But yes, so off the back of that... Well, if, if you're going by the mantra that we're a squad... Well, we are a squad. So he is missing because well, no, he, no, no, no. he, would, he would have been an emergency on the weekend if he yeah, was fit. No, no, I don't disagree with that. Would you, off the back of all this then, would you say our coach, Michael Voss, describes it as the best win we've had since he joined the club? Would you agree with that sentiment? No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't even have it on the podium, to be totally honest. Um, I think... When I think of the Michael Voss era, yep. the game at Marvel against the Swans last year stands yep. out. I think that was a better win yep. than this one. I think the Bulldogs game in round two last yep. year was better just because that was an onslaught for 40 minutes that yep. we just managed to defend. So I, I prefer the Bulldogs win. I prefer last week's win against Collingwood. I thought that was just yep. a complete slam dunk. I think this is the first time under Michael Voss we've properly come from behind to win. Really? A no, lot of times surely. last year, we held leads and hung on late, or we just steamroll them. And this year, we haven't come from behind and won. This was the first time we properly dug in. Yeah, we were only three goals down. We 22 down at halftime. Well, 22 points down with seven minutes to go in the third quarter. We properly dug in, backs against the wall, in a game which is so important. So we kicked the last seven. We did. Something like that. Well, they yeah. only kicked one after half time. Mm. But it was, given the magnitude of the game, the implications this game had, who was out, the scoreboard, just everything was going against us. And it, and it is a bogey game for us, St. Kilda at Marvel Stadium. And to find a way to win, it's testament to how far everyone at this football club has come in such a short space of time. Well, we would never, we never win games like that. No. I almost agree with Michael's sentiment on this one. So you actually do well, my, think that my, was- my favorite win was round one last year, but that was, I guess, a game built off adrenaline. This was like going to work with 23 guys who you're probably not going to be going to work with when push comes to shove at the back end of the year. Uh, it was just, I don't know, it was just a huge win. The breathing space this gives us on the ladder now, we're one win away. Mm. With three to go. And I know last year it was one win away with four to go and we fucked it up. But it just feels a bit more... 
As in, we're coming home with a wet sail, aren't we? Can you get up that um, photo of the St Kilda midfielders in the last quarter, those stats? Yes. I can't seem to find it on my phone. I'm trying to find it. But um, no, you're you're 100% right. And I, and I can't disagree. Well, this um, is what... But I do still think there are yeah, a handful of games that's which, fair. which no, could no, be it better. It definitely wasn't our prettiest performance. Because like, in terms of the... The essence of that win. And imagine the belief these guys are going to have now. We've been smacking teams and now we've gone behind and we've come back and won. They're going to be thinking, what? they're not going to fear anyone or anything right now. I think this is my opinion. As as I've made it clear, I don't think it was our best win. No, 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 it wasn't our best performance. Definitely not. What was the question? Was that the best win since Michael Voss has walked into Carlton? No, not but, the best but, performance, but it was the most important win. Oh well, yeah, one hundred percent. That that we got more out of that win than we would have out of the other ones that I mentioned. But in term, if you're asking me what our best win was, I'm going to go straight to the four quarter performances against the best sides in the comp, which was Sydney, yeah. Collingwood, and even Port Adelaide yeah. this year. Like those are the wins. Or that even I've performance been wise, Fremantle as well. Yeah, yeah, that was win number three on the streak. So it's very hard to keep up with it now. Um, All right. You got the, well, you got the stats well, St. St. Kilda's star-studded midfield in the last quarter. Still, we've touched on still. Zero disposals. Crouch, zero. Hunter Clark, one. Mitch Owens, zero. Marcus Winhager, three. And that is just... An Marcus a, Winhager doesn't play in the midfield for Yeah, him. exactly. So, we really undermanned Carlton midfield. Let's... Well, I'm very happy to say a second-rate Carlton midfield took him to school when the game was there to be won. And it's kudos to everyone um, in that. It's just, it's it's incredible. But the the belief these guys must have with with each other, just, it's incredible. And we've got a vet, and you know what? We'll speak about it during the people's segment. Yeah. But, you know, you know we, we're going to walk into this Melbourne game this coming weekend. And it's almost just going to be like, yeah, like, why can't we win? There's no reason why we can't. No, there's no reason why we can't. There's, there's no reason why we can't. There's a lot of reason to expect why we shouldn't, but there's no reason why we can't. Do you think do you think if we beat Melbourne that we are contenders? I'm very steadfast on my opinion that when you finish fifth to eighth, you're a challenger, and first to fourth, you're a contender. I'm always one to think it's, it's near on such an improbability to contend for the flag from fifth, and we're not going to make the four. But why? What's your reasoning to back? I'll 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 offer the the adverse. I, I just think winning four finals in a row, and naturally, if we're going to do that, one or two of them is going to come into state. Yep, it's just almost like against all odds, really. See, the way I think it, I like to peel things back, right? Yeah. And I go, all right, let's just start off by getting to grand final day. Whoa. So, getting to grand final day would have to see us win three rather than four. And I think that there are some winnable games for us in this final series. I wouldn't personally fear playing some of these teams. Well, that's this is the belief I'm talking about. It's incredible. I wouldn't... I'm not going to name teams because... I'm not here to jinx anything, but yeah. there's certain teams that I'm thinking of, which 
there's a couple teams who might fall into eighth place that I wouldn't necessarily fear if we were to finish fifth in some no, remarkable there's, there's, world. There's, there's nobody I look at first week and think, yeah, we're not going to win. No ways. But I don't know. It's tough. If we beat Melbourne this week, are we a contender? Look, it's that type of a season where it's just so tight and we're going to let the momentum roll with us. You know what? Just keep winning and see how far you get. Yeah. We'll see. Let's just book our spot in the finals first, hey? 100%. Well, if we go by last year, exactly. we don't have to look too far back to know that we're not even close to being there yet. But um, all right, Bolt, uh, Twitter questions into LFC to wrap this show. Got to be pretty quick here um, because we haven't got a whole lot of time left. But uh, straight into the Twitter questions. And the first one is coming in from the great man, Paul Walsh. He says, could some of our injuries be a bit of a silver lining in some instances with the likes of Walsh, Chera, McKay, Jasos, etc., all recovering from injuries, but not totally banged up after a long 24-match season? Could they be fresher when it counts most? Well, it's it, it, it's a great call. And, you, and, and this is, I guess, where I'll play into your narrative. You look at the Western Bulldogs in 2016. They had five returning players come back from injury after the pre-finals bye. And they freshened up. They went on the road twice and won it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Drunkill. Yep. Says, uh, submitting the paperwork to Sub Dow and then he kicks a goal. Awkward chat in the rooms with Vossi afterwards. <laughs> well, I can't blame Michael Voss for so, that decision. So, I'm pretty sure that happened. Yeah. He was about to get subbed. Yeah. Which... And- which, it would have been fair. But it's good coaching. It's really good man management. He's just kicked the goal of his life. Keep him out there. 100%. He's he's running hot. <laughs> Keep yeah. him out there. Um, Damon Mule says, we needed to win one like that. Been in control pretty much since the second quarter against the Gold Coast. We got challenged, stood up, go the Blues. 100%. It's the reality check we needed whilst winning a game. Now, this is one that uh, I mentioned to you yesterday, Bolt, which um, I'm very keen to get your thoughts on. Jimmy Westham, European champions, Faz, says, Nick Austin has a really, really tough job right now. Does he get sucked into some performances in recent times, knowing full well some of these blokes could easily miss half of the preseason? Oh, sorry, he says all of the preseason. Or does he back himself in to make the tough call? So I think he's referring to a couple guys who have basically had injury-plagued careers who are managing to stay out there right now, the likes of Cunningham and Marchbank and Martin and there's a couple of others that you could throw onto that list. Um, yeah. But I'd like to even broaden that question. What about guys like who were looking like they were on the outer to stay at the club for next year who are now playing good footy? You could well, chuck Dow in there. You could chuck Fisher in this there. This is where I think you you can't use recency bias to dictate your decisions. You've really got to look at it in a very... You got to look at the full picture, and I, I personally don't think you should be getting sucked into late season performances as good as they might be, as important as they might be. You've always got to make tough list decisions to keep the list evolving. Is the way I say it. So, yeah. Well, they're not. Not all I of think those I disagree guys. Disagree with you to an extent. There's no chance. There's no world I can see where Dow, Marchbank, Cunningham, Fogarty. And let's say McGovern yeah, or all stay on the list. And Fisher, let's say there's That's no so way all seven of them stay on the list. There's no way. I agree. I reckon max five stay. It's just the reality of it. Mm. 
but you can go through it and you'd agree well right now there's no getting rid of Fogarty there's no getting rid of Cunningham tough to get rid of McGovern yeah there's no getting rid of McGovern no way uh, that's that's four that's three sorry three um, well Silvani's the one that no one wants to get rid of but he's looking in real trouble given Pernet and DeConning have re-signed it's probably not looking great for Marchbank no but he could get a rookie spot. It's going to be really tight. Yeah. And you know what? There's a big month ahead. There is. Uh, Anthony says, 12 months ago, we had to beat the D's to seal the deal. Fast forward 12 months. We need the win. Let's hope we can get the job done early. I don't want to rely on other teams, especially in the last round. Let's see how much we've improved. It's a yeah, great, well, it's... great call from Anthony because we can absolutely put last year's demons to bed. And we Sorry, have... pardon the pun. Yes. By actually putting the demons and to bed. And last year... The three losses that almost crushed us mentally was St. Kilda round 16, where we kicked about nine goals, 20, and lost. And that was a big night for us. And obviously, the Melbourne and Collingwood car crashes. Righted the wrong against Collingwood. Righted the wrong against St. Kilda. Mm. And now it's time to tick off the Ds, who are also in really good nick. Don't get me wrong. And as we are recording this podcast, Jimmy Westham, European Faz, Champions Faz, is just... Um, Responded to his tweet saying, Cunningham, Marchbank, McGovern, Martin, just to name a couple. This time last year, we said we couldn't carry them all on the list. And I wonder if at the back end of this season, things have changed at all. It'd be very interesting. It's crazy. But- Literally, as we're speaking about it. Yeah. That. Um, you can debate it either way. Mm. Tommy says, yeah. big numbers from some of our fringe players. We love to see it. Where is Newman's jacket? AA for sure. Well... You've got I, I made a team. couple calls today. I just wanted to make sure that there were some tailors around to be able to do a bit of a blazer fitting. Yeah. It's, uh, he should be in the squad. I don't reckon he'll make the team. I reckon when push comes he's, to shove, he's he a won't. complete lock for the squad. Yeah, he should complete be. Complete lock for the squad. He should be. Like. He should be. He's engraved into the squad. It'd be pretty. Yeah, no, he should be. No, he is. He is. <laughs> He's engraved gonna, into the squad. I'm not going to die on a hill on this one. He should be. And when it comes to the 22, I reckon if the selectors had any kahunas, they would have him in the team. No, they, they like making weird calls in the back, in the back it's line. It's not a weird call. It's a weird player to <laughs> make that spot, but it's not a weird call. Uh, uh, it's not a weird call. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it, if he's in the 22. But, so you don't think, do you think he deserves it? In the 22? I'm not, no, he definitely wouldn't be undeserving. I just think there's better than him. Hmm. He's definitely not undeserving. Yeah. Uh, Craig Bingham says, does the last six weeks get Dow a new contract? I think we need him for midfield depth and he's turning his career around. Well... We, we do have a bit of midfield depth, given that for most of the season, we were playing one of Kennedy and um, Hewitt out of the team. Uh, you know where I sit on Dow. I don't think he should be there next year. And I don't think Ed Kerno should be there either, which is two. I'm not sure where Jack Carroll's tracking at the moment. He'll, he'll be there next year, mate. No, no, no. I know he'll be there next year, but oh, I'm just okay, saying yeah. as a genuine option. It's interesting. I, I don't think Dow will be there personally. Um. Damien Birmingham says, super important to win like that. Haven't won that way for a while. Newman yeah. must be Australian. Unbelievable year. 
Pido is a concern. TDK solo rock might be better. I think we all agree that, but Solani's yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. Um, Bryza says, do we need to call the Jets on some of these delistings that we've been anticipating? I think that's the general theme of the questions this week. Newman AA and these... Yeah, yeah. And what to do at the um, end of the season. players, yeah. Um, Well, this is why it's great. Everyone's fighting for a spot in the team, fighting for a future. At Rise Again Blues says, how far did Charlie kick it to Oe? That is the best pass of the season. Yeah, it could have been, what, 55? Oh, it was unbelievable. Um... Christian Shapcoon says, does Boyd come straight in? If so, who misses? We'll get to team changes just after this. Uh, Christian says, no question. I just want to say Ollie Hollands is awesome. His work rate in is incredible in person. I uh, can definitely agree with that. Um, let's zip through. There's a lot of love here for Nick Newman. A yeah, lot of well, love for Nick Newman. Well, it's deserving. Um, and also a lot of love for Zach Fisher and saying, is that now yeah. a permanent swap well it's hard for it it'll definitely for the time being for sure um sc gav says this group really showed us what they're made of today in my opinion that is our greatest win in the past 25 years Ooh, that's a big call it's a big call um so never mind ross the boss voss the boss yes <laughs> um there's a lot, yeah. Damien says TDK and Pitto can't play in the same side ever again. It's the two dollar Gorn Grundy problem. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's a fair shout. BL says, can we please play TDK solo in the ruck? I think with Silvani, I think that is the way to go. I agree. And Riley says, okay, if Newman isn't all Australian, then who are the three small backs that beat him out? Well, they're not. They're going to pick. Nick Dacos, obviously, on yeah. a halfback flank. And yeah. I'll probably pick Jack Sinclair on another halfback flank or Dan Houston. It'll be two of those one three of those, on the yeah. halfback yeah. flanks. I can deal with that. And then I think it's going to be obviously your full back, your centre halfback. Stewart will be in a pocket. See, so you, you put Stewart in there like he's a lock. He's a lock. He's not a lock. He's not a lock. I'll shake it on. I'll do this with you it's an, on air. I'm happy to- It sh- is a I, walk up. I, it's annoying because I don't want to shake it because he'll make it, but he shouldn't be. He should be. He's, he, he's not a lock. He, I, you yeah. can't tell me he's been the clear best in that position yeah, this year. Yeah, I, I think he has been. Oh, it's, it's, and then I think it's whether you go your- Do you go Wilkie if you're playing Stewart or do you go your Newman like you've said or do you go like a Luke Ryan? No, or? I haven't got Stewart in my team right now. <laughs> I haven't. I, I, no, nah, you know what? He'd be on the bench, but he's not in that starting- Actually, no, I'm going to stick by. I have not got him in the team right now. Nothing against him. He's an absolute, complete and utter gun of this game. But I think that sometimes we get sucked into putting players in there based on name and reputation. And this year, I think that Stewart has had an exceptional year. Yeah. He's going to be, he's engraved in the 40. But in terms of being engraved in the 22, he's not quite there at this point in time for me. I he'll be there. But let's hope Newey gets in there. It'd be great to see. Uh, LFC. Oh Let's boy, go. oh boy, oh boy. So we quickly look at, we are running out of time here. We quickly zip through the results well, just from the weekend. As a precursor, it wasn't a great week for LFC. It was actually a really bad Saturday. So Bulldogs beating Richmond. Was that was a, good. And then we, we've, Essendon, termin- we've terminated the Tigers. Essendon nearly. It was nearly. Just nearly. Oh boy. That would have been. Yeah, it was, I, was, I was up. Uh, Adelaide beat the Suns. That wasn't good. Hawks beat Collingwood. That was great to watch. Geelong beat Port Adelaide. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Um, and Sydney beat the Giants. Not good. Sydney's well alive in this competition. But I think that that was 
good for our chances of hosting a home final. Yeah, but this isn't how LFC operates. We secure one thing at a time. But you can sort of sometimes work on two no, things at no, a time. No, 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 no. Uh, Melbourne beat North and obviously Brisbane beat Fremantle. Look, at, at the end of the day- Are executed as well. LFC is based on the premise of Carlton losing every week. That's how LFCs run. Based on the worst case scenario for us, what needs to be the best case scenario around the grounds. Yeah. That's how LFC works. So the fact we're winning, if we would have, if we had have lost, and Geelong and Sydney would have won, it would have been a real scramble to get in, like a real scramble to get in. Once again, we've well, now yeah, got we, that. We, we would have been sitting ninth. We've now got that, bre- and coming into a game against the D's, we've now got that breathing room again, and we look forward to another big week. I've done all the calculations. We've released the round twenty-four fixture today. I've done every thing I can possibly do to see what it's going to look like going into the final game of the year, whether we're on one win or whether we're on zero wins going into that final game. Basically, if we win if we win a game, we're going to be playing for home final against so the Giants. Can we just confirm to everyone listening? Yeah. You are saying that if we win one game, we're in the eight. Unless something like so catastrophic goes wrong, it's not even funny. So, to mathematically here looking, if we win one more game... Yep. It would mean that the Bulldogs, St Kilda, GWS, Geelong and Sydney would all have to win at least two games of their last three. And they all, yep. for some of them, play each other. So, so you're, you're confident one win yeah, is one, all we one, need. one will do it. Okay. One, one will do, do it. it. Um, and then, obviously, if we win that one game going into the final game of the entire home and away season, if we'll be playing for a home final... And obviously, if we lose to Gold Coast and Melbourne, it'll be winner of Carlton GWS goes in. Okay. Let's roll into this week. Because LFC, yes. it's, it's how, how good's the season? It's just incredible. Friday night footy, Geelong yes. and Collingwood well, from the MCG. Let's take your Carlton goggles off for a night. We're getting around Collingwood. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. You got to do what you got to do. Don't look at me like that. This is huge. We need Geelong to lose. Exactly. We don't need Collingwood to win. We well, need Geelong to lose. Yeah, we don't ever say that. Okay. Well, we might. This might require an edit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we need Geelong to lose. Sure. Yeah. Sydney and the Suns. The Gold Coast. Big time. Are you buying your one dollar Gold Coast membership just to support them for this weekend? No. <laughs> got uh, him. Got him the week after. North Melbourne Essendon. Oh, the Kangas. Hey. Could Clarko produce some magic? Well, they nearly beat them earlier in the year. Uh, they did. Uh, Brisbane, Adelaide at the Gabba. Brisbane. Definitely need Brisbane. We can't have Adelaide winning all three games. Yes. Because we need Adelaide to beat Sydney the week after. The Derby. And then obviously they finish oh, the Oh, the Derby's a dead rubber. Uh, Carlton, Melbourne. Who well, needs to win this Well, oh, we'd love the Blues to get up. Hawks, dogs at University of Tasmania. Yeah, well, this could be... This is riddled with a bit of danger for it's the dogs. a lot of danger for the this dogs. Isn't, this isn't a walk-up. Definitely Hawthorne. You're obviously a man who gambles responsibly. I just want to check what the odds are for this game in Hawthorne Bulldogs. 2.53. The yeah, Hawks, get around him. I like juice. that. Uh, Saints, Richmond. Definitely Richmond. And then Port Adelaide, GWS. Definitely Port Adelaide. Okay. Crazy. So, 
It's going to be a huge three weeks. So we've received a lot of questions about top four and I did the maths and I'm happy to say on your behalf that it is virtually, it's not mathematically impossible, but the only possible world where we finish top four, and this is mathematical, we'd have to win our last three and one of Port Adelaide, Brisbane and Melbourne would have to lose all of their last three. That's not going to happen given some of their matchups. I've got to admit, as I was driving into the football yesterday... And I saw Melbourne was six goals down, knowing we were playing them the week after. I thought, hmm, if Melbourne had have lost yesterday and we beat them this week, we would have been a game behind with two to go. Yeah. Yes. They would have, they've got the Hawks at the G, no, no. which they wouldn't have lost. And then the Sydney Swans and away. Sydney. Yeah. We would have needed it them to lose that It would have been one. a little bit of a, how are you going? But because they won, it's not. No, no. Top four is done. Top four is done. Fifth is the ceiling for the home and away season. So, we'd need Melbourne to lose all three. We obviously play them. They also play Hawthorne. They're not going to lose all three. We'd need Port to lose all three. They're not losing all three. They play the Dockers. They play Richmond at home. They also play the Giants at home. So, they're not going to lose all three. And we would, of course, need Brisbane to lose all three, who are definitely not losing all three, considering they play Adelaide and the Saints at the Gabba. As I've always said, so, let's just secure... So, you can forget top four. Oh, no. It's not let's happening. secure top eight. See how we go. One more, Carlton, please. Last year, we had four cracks at it. Didn't do it. This year, three. We've booked to go up to the Gold Coast. Yes. Now, if we lose to Melbourne on the weekend, it would, yes. it would be a nice weekend if we beat the Suns up there to oh, secure boy. finals. Yeah, it'll be that'll be a nervy game because you don't want to come home and have to go in a playing a no. win or go home game again. No, it would be a nice game to be to to be at. It'd be great. Bolt, big big week. Cup team changes. Sorry, we well, sometimes forget yeah, this. Yeah, no, we'll just quickly up. It's hard to know with it, all these injuries. I think if McGovern's available, he'll come in for Marchbank. If not, no change. If not, probably no change. If Walsh is available, Walsh might be touch and go. If Walsh is available, I think it's tough. I think it's simple. Dow. Yeah. If Walsh is yeah. available, Kerno goes out of the 23, Dow's yeah. the sub. That will happen. Yeah. And uh, if Silvani's available, it's for Pitonet. Yeah. So, there we go. No, I agree with you. And then- Cheran, H, and Kennedy. They're I'll still worry not about a- that when it comes. No, I'm saying they're yeah, definitely yeah, no, not they, playing they won't this week. Play, no. Okay, okay. Thank you, Bolt. Big addition in the books. Can we make it eight? Quick yes can or no. Can we make it eight? Uh, yes, we can. No, that's not my tip. No, you ask, no. can we? Well, absolutely, we can. It feels when a you've... bit like a free hit this week because we banked up these wins now. There's never a free this, hit in I the agree, AFL. But this feels like. No, Let's it, see. You know what it feels like? It feels like. We're going into a game that would not have extreme repercussions if we lost. Yes. There's a little bit of just a bit of breathing space. Everything to gain, but not everything to lose. Yes. We'd still... For example, if you lose to the Saints, it's it's looking doomy and gloomy. Well, given we got Melbourne, yes. Yeah. But now if you lose to the Ds, it's not... You still have two more weeks to get that win against two teams who are, should be easier to beat. Yeah. Thank you, Bolt. No worries. Go Blues. Go Blues. And they will know that they've been playing against the famous 